We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, welcome along to the True Faith podcast, free podcast today. Alex Hurst and Simon Camel will have a, spe- a very special guest from the Magpie Group. David, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, I'm Dave McPadden. I'm from the Magpie Group. Today we are going to talk about Mike Ashley's, uh, you could call it an interview, I think words like press release or advert uh, once again have been used in the Daily Mail with Martin Samuels um, and we're going to talk through that, talk about why he's done it, what he said and then we're going to speak to Davey about the Magpie Group, plans for the new season, how different fan groups are working together to try and achieve their aims, what those aims are, and how they think it's going to go. So, you know, lads, I'll, I'll jump straight in. Sai, um, will you always remember the place when, when Mike Ashley spoke to the world? Where were you when he gave this heart-rendering, honest interview to, to, to the fans? Well, arguably to the fans of Newcastle United, not the, the wider sporting community. Yeah, it, come, it was a Friday it came out. Friday lunchtime-ish. Um, I was just at work and I didn't read it because <laughs> I, I knew it was just going to be a massive insult to all of our intelligences. Um, I've seen the, the headlines, so I haven't, I haven't read it. I've not bothered to... Not read it. To, no, well, no, it, it doesn't Great deserve... Podcast, it, um, <laughs> there. it doesn't deserve a click because none of it's true. None of it's real. There's no way he's just decided to give a real, legitimate, honest interview with the Daily Mail. It doesn't matter who it's with. Um, the fact that he's just chosen one, one journalist to, to just kind of spill his guts to with some very, very strategically placed questions just is meaningless and, and no one should really... The reaction to it should be nothing it should be ignored it should be just treated as an absolute blip and like it doesn't doesn't mean anything um all he's trying to do is is try and save a bit of face at the minute and it's it's a massive distraction from what seems to be happening with sports direct in general so don't let it be that distraction don't have a massive reaction to it don't snap or believe it obviously don't believe it but you know in my opinion it should be completely ignored we'll get into the specifics that Sai hasn't heard um of what he <laughs> said in a second Davy, uh, you know, uh, ten o'clock Friday night. W- were you were you clicking on the link? Were you were you reading what he said? Like, what what do you make of of the whole thing? Yeah, I, I couldn't I could not. I read it and sort of then retweeted one or two sort of basic comments. You know, stuff he talked about. You know, not being able to compete with Spurs when he took over. We had a very similar profile to. Um, it's just it. Couldn't agree anymore. He just says things. He just says things. That he don't basically mean anything. opens his mouth, and it's the old adage: when he opens his mouth, you know he's lying. Because basically, he's, he, he, it's self-engrandment, if you like. He's trying to make him himself to be this poor soul who is 
hard-hidden by the Newcastle fans and all he's doing is doing his best, you know. He's paid a lot of money for this club. It's all bollocks. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, f- I found it interesting for many reasons. Not good reasons, but I think, I think he, he speaks so rarely and particularly on the record and particularly about Newcastle United, you, you know, there are, there are no shortage of him talking about House of Fraser or Debenhams or Sports Direct, but get him to talk on the record about Newcastle United, it, it always... Do, do you think he's spoken though? Do you think he's had a conversation or do you think he's handed Martin Samuel a piece of paper? Here's the answers to these questions that you're allowed to publish. You, you haven't read it, Si. Don't I'm not having a go at you. I'm just saying if you would, it, it, it would be a, a, a skilled like you know, penman. To, a lot of the language in it is clearly, I think, transcribed from a chat over the phone or in person. You know, a lot of people are unhappy, a lot of Newcastle fans are unhappy with Martin Samuel for not pushing him on anything, not asking any questions, not following up with any questions. So was it an interview? Uh, not really. It's more of a, like you say, Si, it's here is what I think, please print it. In today's, you know, age of journalism, is it surprising that something like this has come out? Absolutely not. I'm sure the mail um, have earned a fortune from clicks and advertising. But, it, but that's it. it, isn't it? It's typical... Daily Mail, lazy journalism. You know, I don't think it is. If, 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 I, if I was a journalist working for any newspaper and Mike Ashley came and said, bloody hell, Mike Ashley wants to put something in. That's and you're brilliant. not a Newcastle fan. They're going yeah. to print it and they're going to be buzzing and they're going to put whatever he wants to say because no one else gets that exclusive. However... Except you couldn't, you couldn't see uh, George Colkin, for argument's sake, putting his name to that because he actually would, would he'd do a paxman on him. He, well, he, he would, would never be allowed to yeah, ask any questions. Yeah. You know? And there are a few... Few uh, journalists like that, so I'm af- I'm afraid Martin Samuel, who's never be- been particularly high in my estimation, has just taken another plummet. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, Martin, <laughs> um, nothing personal. Yeah, nothing personal. But yeah, so I mean, look, first of all, why has he done this? It's pretty clear to me. Um, there's been two major bits of Sports Direct news in the past twelve months. One of them was when he was dragged into Parliament to ask well, again in the Parliament to answer lots of questions on Sports Direct. He was invited into Sky News to talk about Sports Direct. He instead spoke about Newcastle United and said he was closer to selling the club than ever before. Um, turned out to be false, or well, he certainly didn't sell the club. Uh, and once again, Sports Direct all over the front pages of the financial newspapers for a series of issues with their, uh, their auditors, Grant Thornton, um, series of high-profile resignations from people within the company, Huge tax bill from Belgium. I didn't know Sports Direct. If they've got a tax bill, they're selling stuff in Belgium. So loads of Belgians walking around in shy tracksuits and that these days. But, you know, you, you learn something every day. And um, huge problems with Sports Direct subsidiaries or, or companies that Sports Direct owns and House of Fraser game, those kind of things. And once again, Mike Ashley, it, it is no coincidence that this has been released the same night, 10 p.m., as quick as possible. Get Martin on the phone. Keith, get Martin on the phone. Get one of the lads on the phone we can trust and we'll put out all this stuff on Newcastle United. And we're, g- we're going to dig into it a little bit because so- some of it, uh, I think, is... We'll probably... I'll get your opinion, lads. Some of it, I think, I think is quite honest, um, which makes it worse that he's not telling lies. Because he believes this because stuff. He, because yeah. he actually believes some of the things that yeah. he says. I don't, I don't think it's dishonesty. I think it's ignorance and lack of ability to do the job of running the football club. But the first, the first line... Oh, sorry. sorry, just I think... Uh, th- one reason is the sports direct distraction thing, but I also think that he comes out and does this stuff. We have sold a lot of season tickets this season, and yeah, I think he, that has a bigger impact than people might let on. You, um, have, well, you we mean haven't, he hasn't, we haven't sold? We haven't sold as right. many, sorry. So um, we'll come on to it, I'm sure. But basically, from a business perspective, if you've got 10,000 less guaranteed season ticket sales, apart from the obvious thing of, of whether or not people will show up to those games, it's, 
it's the whole, we've got to use the box office, we've got to sell individual tickets, we've got to post them out, you know. From a business perspective, they'd rather have the season tickets sold much, much easier. The income's guaranteed. It's a bit of a headache from a, from the way he looks at things on a balance sheet right. perspective. I, th- I think as well, it's um, it's like the counterpunch. I, I think the, the sports direct angle is important, obviously, mm. but I think it is a counterpunch. Just got rid of Rafa. We've got a pelters in the press over that. He's uh, sold, oh, we've got rid of about six, seven players now. And they bought Joel Linton. That's the only thing they've done. And he, he needs to do something because actually the the, the ticket price or the ticket ticket numbers at the moment look pretty ab- abysmal, you know. So potentially there could be only forty odd, forty three thousand at Arsenal, which will just be phenomenal if that's the case. He needs to do something. But the dif- the problem is he's done what he did last time when he went on Sky. When I saw the Sky interview, I thought, oh, there's hope here because you know you really. Get but actually, how many times do you have to be burnt? Mm. He's done exactly the same again through a different medium. I, I'll disagree a little bit with you, Sai, about the season tickets. I think for the vast majority of Mike Ashley's ownership, apart from season 11, 12, when they finished fifth, when there was a lot of half-season ticket deals, season ticket numbers have just returned to where they were pre-Rafa. And if there's, say there's 30,000 Newcastle season ticket holders now, I don't think Mike Ashley is worried about that. I don't think he cares enough. And I think if, for argument's sake, say Newcastle's, Match day turnover was down by £10 million a season, which would be substantial because it's only 25, which is lower than when he bought the club. Um, I just think the club would have a £10 million less wage budget. And You're right, it's not a positive. I don't think Mike Ashley's sat in wherever he lives in his mansion in you know London, not the London Magpie Group visit. <laughs> um, is there something to do with the mi- image as well? He doesn't want a half-empty stadium because a half-empty stadium says that he's actually getting in the neck. Potentially, I I, I think he, he he knows Newcastle fans hate him. He, he knows that. Um, this and I often think whenever he does speak or when you hear Dennis Wise or the other hand-picked, you know, Kevin Nolan recently, uh, Shola Ramiobio disappointingly at times. Um, I think that what they say is more for the national media than trying to win over Newcastle fans, or not even the national media the wider general public, football public, because he, he knows Newcastle fans don't like him. He's lost that battle. Um, but let's let's get into a little bit of what he says. I mean, the, the, it's a belting. I love I love this open line. It's almost like incendiary from Samuel. Samuel's putting this first. He's got like, I don't feel sorry for myself. It's down to me, not Newcastle. I give myself one out of five in some aspects because I've made proper mistakes and football isn't a very forgiving place. So I disagree with that. But um, I, I didn't just shoot myself in the foot. I blew my own leg off. People would look at me and think I'd gone temporarily insane. They didn't know what I was doing. Um, will I be their first game of the season? Maybe. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, and he also says, I'm a negative to that football club. First things first, it's all about Mike. Yeah. It's all about Mike. So the, the start of the interview is not about Newcastle United. It's not even mentioned, I don't think. Mm. It's that football club. It's me. What have I done to myself? What do people think of me? Um, and, and you know, like you just said, Davy, there, it's 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 it's, ve- it's very much about like it's a counterpunch about him maybe and about his ownership, not not the football club. Um, he, he comes across there, and again, it might just be Martin Samuel's doing it. He comes across very very egotistical and, and insecure, which is what people have talked about. I mean, that Leicester game last season when we got beat two 0 at home, and there's forty eight thousand people standing up saying, singing stand up here, Mike Ashley, and he sat there grinning. That didn't look like a man comfortable. In his surroundings, and quite right too. Um, that that statement, though, that opening line is exactly what he did on Sky. He right. said, "Have I made mistakes?" So he he, he he starts off by saying, "I'm at fault here," 
But then the rest of it, as you go on and, and no doubt read, is all about how actually he's in the right. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, what, what I don't want is it for it to be, to be a negative. Why would I go if it causes the fans an issue? If I'm not there, maybe we can get behind Steve Bruce and get on with it. Um, that's probably better. I don't want to think I'm making it worse. I don't want people to be asking our players how can they perform in these conditions. I don't want them to be booing every two minutes. Again, booing every two minutes, is that accurate about... People calling Mike Ashley a cunt or singing get out of our club isn't the same thing. It says the low point for Ashley was a game at St. James's Park when the fans chanted his name. The Sunderland fans knew end. Um, raucously celebrating a win by singing there's only one Mike Ashley. Um, he winces. That was a really tough day. I could hear it and I'm thinking, Mike, this is bad. This is really, really <laughs> bad. The funny thing is that that will have been, what, the last time Sunderland won at St. James's Park was 20... 1902. Oh, no, huh. sorry. Unfortunately not. 2014, I think, the last time someone was in James's Park. So there's a, there's a lot of water under the bridge since then, and he's saying he's got it wrong. Then there's uh, it's we're all over the place, and I think I think again in the interview you referenced there on Sky, he seems very au fait with like mixing seasons. We did really well then a couple of years ago. Well, it was like seven years ago. Well, we had a we had a bad time when we got relegated five years ago. Well, it was ten years ago. He's he doesn't seem to, to me to be a, gu- a guy who grasps actually the history of what he's done. And it's got here, despite this, despite the best part of a decade, Ashley still describes himself as an optimist, a dreamer, excitable when it comes to football. Many will scoff, blah, blah, blah. This is all Samuel stuff. Um, yeah, when he talks about football, the moment he, he moves away from the dry, pragmatic financial responsibility of running Newcastle, a different man can be seen. Lads, you know, Sai, you're hearing this for the first time. Is it making you annoyed? Are you thinking it's like worse? Worse than I thought. It's a, it's a sales pitch about Mike Ashley's a nice guy. That's all it is. It's it's just he doesn't like being called names in the press, and this is a is his response. That's all it is. I think we should talk about the Rafa Benitez stuff. You know, Davy, just a little bit of background about yourself. You had a season ticket recently, and you got rid of it. Yeah, uh, I'm just a mad Newcastle United. Through and through, from the age of five. I remember as a kid, I used to get excited driving past the ground because my, my, my dad took me a few times. We lived in North Shields. Um, but I never, I just dreamt of going to the football. And when I was old enough, 11, 12, 13, I started going by myself. And I haven't stopped, really. I got a season ticket 27 years ago. Uh, I got two. Uh, um, I got a divorce and had two young kids. And I thought, they're going to share this with me. And my eldest son's first match was Leicester, 7-1. Um, and I, I had a season ticket from the season before that when, when Keegan arrived. I realised I wouldn't be able to get in the ground otherwise. And um, things have just slowly gone downhill. I suppose another moment was about four years ago where actually I realised I was wasting my time going to FA Cup matches. It was a waste of money going to FA Cup matches. In 1970s, sorry, I'm an old bugger. In the 1970s, I used to buy a programme every match because I had a little voucher. And the way you got a ticket for the, 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 the big matches, like the quarterfinals, the semifinals, you always punted on the fact it would get there. Very rarely did. But I used to k- keep these vouchers because you get, get tickets. Um, so to actually stop going to cup matches, even though I had a season ticket, I'd been going for years and years and years, was a really big thing because it's a waste of time. Why, why am I going along to a cup match? We're not going to progress because actually they put out a second team every time because they haven't got the squad because the money's not invested. And so it was only two years ago I thought, should I renew? So the last season I thought, should I renew? Rafa was there. Things were good with Rafa. I'm an eternal optimist in one sense, in as much as I thought, actually, might put the money in. So we'll go through another torturous uh, pre-season where hardly anybody's bought. 
there's no investment. I've got my ticket. I'm on the 10-year deal. And then I thought, actually, I think Rafa's going to go this summer. And if he does go, I'm not going to hang about just for, for Mike Ashley. And I, I said to you beforehand, I um, the way I look at it now is I put my money in to that club, and I've done so for the last 27, well, previous, but it, as a season ticket all of the last 27 years, and actually, it goes straight into Mike Ashley's pocket. It isn't invested in players. He makes a profit from the club. He asset strips the club. He he sold that land off to a company which he owns. You know that that, and then they've sold it on for a profit. And then all of the, obviously the the advertising. I don't know what's happening with the advertising. It hasn't appeared on the Cassie United books for the last twelve years. And now he's saying he pays eighty eighty seven thousand pound a year. No, the advertising? It's, uh, it was a million pounds. It was in the books. It was a, a million pound for last season. Right. And it's gone up to two million for this, which we don't, we don't have the... But he so, said so they've averaged that across the 12 years he's been here, and that's but what he hasn't comes out That's right. So it's an average of 80-odd yeah. thousand it, it doesn't. It doesn't, it, it doesn't escape the fact that that money should be backdated. What, like, you know, I would love to put to him. Great. You've started paying for advertising. I think it's a bit on the cheap side, personally. But, you know, two million pounds is better than nothing. When can we expect payment for, yeah. the, for the previous 10 years? I mean, wh- wh- when can we expect... And that's what... And at the same, sorry, <coughs> at the same time, he's um, he's taking money back in loans. That I can't get my head around how how can somebody who owns something then pay money back to himself for money he's loaned the thing that he owns? It doesn't the, make sense. The, the timing, more than anything, of that <coughs> was was farcical. I mean, fair enough. If, if if he's wanting to get his money out of the club to sell it one day, great. But the season that Rafa wanted to invest and build was not the time yeah. to be sucking money out of the club. So that's why I got rid of me ticket. I thought that it, it, it's a whistle. So, you know, will I go up every every Saturday when we're at home? Probably not. Will I go up to as many as I can? Yeah, I will go. I'm not going to go into the ground. I'll go and demonstrate, and then I'll join my mates, and we'll go to the local pub, put some money into the local economy, and actually support Newcastle from afar. Because there's another myth out there. There's a myth that the Magpie group or fans who uh, have given up their season ticket don't want Newcastle to win. Well, I'm sorry, that's bollocks. You know, I'm Newcastle through and through. Uh, you know, I, I sit and watch friendlies and I'm kicking the ball and wanting them to win. But then there's this this sort of mismatch that at the same time, I, I, I desperately hate Ashley for what he's done to my football club and to your football club and your football club. Really quickly, and we'll get into the Magpie Group stuff. Um, I think this in this interview, Ashley says that he was going to put 20 million of his own money in to buy Joe Linton and he would potentially put 20 million into a training ground if Rafa stayed I don't know why Steve Bruce doesn't have the same offer but yeah. I think that 20 million is a very deliberate figure based on that 2 million pound a year uh, you know I think he knows that people will start asking questions saying well if, you, if sports director paying 2 million pounds a year now for, for advertising in the ground like I said why is it not come and it would pay for new, it would pay for the probably the best training ground in Britain or 20 million quid. But there's another thing, isn't there, that actually he doesn't have to put his own money in, and I don't think any Newcastle fan is asking him to, to put millions and millions of his own money in. No. What we're asking for is that he puts money, which is the club's money in, instead of taking it out for himself. And that's well, the problem. Yeah, what we were asking for was that the manager could spend the club's money appropriately. Yeah. So if him saying, there's a player we want you to buy, and the manager saying no, and him saying, well, what if I put some money in, shows how desperate they were to get Joe Linton. Probably not, because he's what's best for the squad and what's best for the team because there's some sort of financial incentive in buying this player. They think he's going to have sell-on value. That's the only reason they were pushing it so hard. The, the next two weeks tells us a lot, because a, apart from, I think, I, and I should have researched this, apart from maybe 12, 13 or 11, 12, and last summer, they're the only thi- recorded th- times, I think, of Mike Ashley 
taking transactions out of the club to, mm. to repay to pay down his loans. But when you're not when you're not paying the club its dues, when you're not paying club advertising. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and plus, I'm sorry, you're telling me, you know, a million pounds. If if he was selling that to other other companies to advertise on the Premier League, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm no financial expert, but it'd be more than a million pounds. No, I, t- I, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. All, all I'm trying to do is is analyze it and think. Well, the the next two weeks, the club is cash rich. They've they've on on record said we've got we've got thirty million pounds in the bank up front for Jose Perez. Rafa was supposed to have a fifty, and again, this is you know Lee Charlie's conversation with the journalist when the financial results were announced. Fifty million there, eleven million left over from. January, um, so you know, bag packet figures almost a hundred million, presumably plus some new money in. You know, we'll spend forty of it of this one hundred million, so there's still sixty million to go. There is no reason that the football club couldn't, and, and it needs to strengthen significantly. Like it badly needs to strengthen, and particularly two key areas. I think up, you know, up front, winger, fullbacks, um, and the, you know, there's also the, the mooted sale of Martin Dubravka. So the, the next two weeks are going to tell us a lot about. The, the purpose of this interview to bring it back to the interview because if we if we go and spend sixty million pound in the next two weeks, okay, that's what should happen. It's not a cause for celebration because that's, that is what's supposed to happen. That is why we're here. Um, but it but it would certainly possibly put a different light on this because if we don't spend the money in two weeks, then you can look at this interview and say he's laying the groundwork for an almighty stitch up. The the other point, I, I, this reminds me of the pre fifteen sixteen season, the season we got relegated. We appointed Steve McLaren who you could argue is a substandard coach who has never really hit it anywhere. You could. Uh, we also bought in um, Mbemba, Mitrovic, Thorvan and Wijnaldum. So unheard of players who had potential and we've seen since have got some of them have got great potential. Thorvan and, and Wijnaldum are doing great, great stuff. But actually we're in a worse position because I remember going to the pre-season with my with my lads, two of my lads, just to watch the the kickabout at St James's Park, but that was at uh, that was in July when all these players were bought and were in, everything was in place. We're two weeks away, we're six players down. You know, it. it I think we're in a really dodgy position. No, you're you're right, and to bring it back to this, I want to before we move on to Magpie Group stuff, I just want to get the kind of your thoughts, lads, on on what he said about Rafa, saying it was impossible for Newcastle to keep Rafa Benitez. Um, the manager was determined to move to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. Um, was China. Ch- uh, ch- yeah, China. He's been <laughs> in Chelsea before <laughs> and did brilliantly. Um, £12 million a year, blah, blah, blah. And Ashley says, um, if you come out and say things like he did, you would think it was football club first, Rafa second, money third. I'd say it was money first, Rafa. Why Rafa and money are different, I don't know. Mike Ashley said, but they are. And football club last. First of all, that's normal. I would expect Rafa Benitez to put Rafa Benitez first in his career. That's it's it's almost like Ashley's arguing here that an employee should put his own like Mike Ashley's business before he puts himself. Um, my view always was we had to keep Rafa for my own my own personal safety. We had to keep Rafa. Don't know what that means. Um, I I thought he had us offside. He had us cornered. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. I've been totally outmaneuvered. I probably shouldn't own a football club. It's ridiculous, but I'm a big boy. And that paragraph there needs to be like on some sort of mural in the club because it's fucking mental. You want yeah. you want a you want a window into the, into Mike Ashley's soul. That paragraph there, like phrases like "I'm a big boy" um, for my own personal safety. We had to keep Rafa. Like you know, uh, yeah, uh, some more. Yet every time with Rafa, it was impossible. There was always another thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. 
again, good. That's how managers at the top level tend to work. Continuous self-improvement, continue improvement for the football club. Um, he asked for a 50% pay increase. And I think he did that because he knew it couldn't work. And if we'd agreed of that, then it would have been something else. And everyone thinks we lost him because we couldn't pay a couple of quid more. He had the microphone and we didn't. I'm not disappointed in him as a manager. He did an excellent job. It puzzled me why so many fans think I wouldn't want him. I'm not the thickest person on the planet. Why wouldn't I want excellence? Why wouldn't I want this manager? Accuse me of many things, but not that. We couldn't have done any more. Where to start? Okay. He contradicts himself so yeah, much. So you, you, you take this one away, side. Just, just something. I was like, oh, even if he did ask for um, a fifty percent pay rise, this is a manager who's achieved like ridiculous things and and earned your company so much money over the last three years. Give him a fifty percent pay rise. Um, and f- unfortunately, if you want to keep a world class manager to fight relegation every season, he's going to say, "Well, I don't want to do that unless you give me more money." It's it's kind of how the world works. So even if that was the case in layman's terms, that's ridiculous. It just he contradicts himself. It's a no-brainer as well, you know. Like, he, I'm sorry, Mike. I know you'll be listening to this. You are thick because <laughs> yeah. the guarantee to your money to the Premiership golden egg is keeping Rafa, because I, I desperately hope I'm wrong. We could be relegated this season. I'm I'm fully expecting. Two worst clubs, possibly. Are there three worst clubs? I'm, 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 I'm not sure there are. The, the only thing that worries me about all of this is the you keep saying we couldn't have done more, and doing more seems to be just Lee Charnley trying to ring Rafa on his phone. It didn't seem to be much more than that. Like, and then the club putting out a statement a week before his contract even ended. So could they not have spent another week trying to convince him? Could they not have tr- changed their approach? That they couldn't have done more is is just the most bollocks line in the whole thing. It's quite scary, really, this this parts of this interview and this part, because Rafa has gone on the record with George Culkin. And from reading this, if, if, you'd, if you'd read this and you didn't know about that, to say you support some stupid club like know, Chelsea, <laughs> Arsenal, um, and you, you think, oh, my, why do Newcastle fans have a go at Mike Ashley? Oh, this, this kind of makes some sense here. When, when Rafa Benitez has said it wasn't about just about money, but... I wanted control on transfers. We wanted to continually improve. We needed, that, you know, Rafa's keyword, trust. Trust, the trust had gone. He doesn't address any of that, actually, in this. He doesn't, so it's, all, it's almost like it, Newcastle fans know what's what. And this reaffirms my suspicion that this isn't for Newcastle fans. It's not, it's, it's for Daily Mail readers and yeah. talk sport listeners and all of the kind of places that we're used to seeing Newcastle as a football club, as a city, as a fan base, hammered by these people feeds into their inherent biases, it feeds into their miseducation on terms of, in terms of Newcastle United. And f- from, say, he asked for a 50% pay increase, like it's some sort of negative. Like, you know, first of all, Rafa Benitez has shown his market value by getting £12 million after tax in China, albeit China is a, d- a different economy in terms of football managers, but not that different. Um, Rafa Benitez is one of the world's best managers. The world's best managers, in, I think on average now, that your Pep Guardiola's... Mourinho, um, they earn about fifty million pounds a year. So Rafa, by going for nine million pounds a year, in my opinion, is still belo- he's almost doing the club a favour, <laughs> like going below market rate. And for Ashley not to to even acknowledge any of that, or, or it probably hasn't even entered his head. No. And plus, that's also what happens, isn't it? Somebody comes along, China come along and say we're going to give you twelve million pound a year, you know, or nine or whatever it is, and then you go to your boss and say, well, actually, that's what that's, that's what I'd like. And plus, the other the other thing I would say is that Rafa's I think he's accepted that he's a politician. And every club he goes to, he wants to better that club. The only club I've, I've, I've ever read about where the fans have had a go at him is Chelsea. 
and you've just said it was a stupid club, so I agree with that. <laughs> but all the other clubs, you know, whether it's Liverpool, whether it's Naples, Napoli, you know, they've always loved him because, as we've seen, what he does is he connects with the club, he connects with the community. And there was a quote I, I read last night that Rafa had, had said, and it's simply, the Newcastle fans know. So it, it, the Newcastle fans know the truth. And, and, and that's exactly it. You know, we, trust, we trusted Rafa. You, I think uh, off air, David, you mentioned that you thought this was uh, this interview. We, we could talk about this interview for hours. There's so much more to, to go on. I mean, we, we just don't have the time. Um, but you, you thought this was a gift to the Magpie Group. Why is that? Because we've heard it all before. I think you're probably right. I think it is for a national audience, as the Sky one was. You know, he, he chooses his acolytes and they, 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 they spout what, what he wants them to, to say. But actually... He said it all before, and and it's it's hammering a nail in the coffin where he's apologised. He's apologised in the past for bad decisions, and yet he's made exactly the same decisions again. He's got rid of a good manager, and he's got someone like Steve Bruce in. Now I'll I'll put it on record here. Likewise, you know, talk to lads in the Magpie Group. Actually, we want Bruce to succeed. We want to be proved wrong. But actually, his record of twenty years shows he's won. He's won out. The closest he's got to a trophy is uh, an FA Cup final. And that's it. And you compare that with what Rafa's done. So I think it's 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 more, you know, if 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 Rafa had, if um Mike Ashley had been clever and he'd gone out and he'd got Mourinho, then actually I think I think there wouldn't have been a boycott. You know, I, I think I think the fans would be going, Oh my god, there's some ambition here. But when you choose somebody with such a crap record, then actually, you know, you 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 you're almost well, you're backing up your whole Mike Ashley uh, status of um no ambition, aren't you? I'll ask you a question. We might touch back on parts of this article again. What is the purpose behind the Ar- Arsenal boycott? What's the idea? What are you? What if it was listeners now who either uh, unlikely haven't heard of the idea, yeah. but you know, are wondering, well, you know, why why are we boycotting or being asked to boycott the Arsenal game? What would your answer be? Well, the last meeting uh, last week with the Magpie Group, it was absolutely clear we were talking about what the, what are the aims of the Magpie Group, and they're simply get rid of Mike Ashley. There's no other aim at all. Just get rid of Mike Ashley. That has got to be the aim. The short-term aim is, is boycott Arsenal. And, you know, it's not about hitting him in the wallet because, actually, he's a multi-billionaire. It doesn't matter. It's about sending a signal. It's sending a signal that we've had enough. Newcastle fans have had enough. We've been walked all over for 12 years. He's told a pack of lies, and he's, he's taken money out of the club. And so this is about getting on Sky when it's shown on telly to see lots and lots of empty seats. So people stand up and say, hey, what's happening there? Normally the ground's packed out. First game of the season, last few years, been 50-odd thousand. What's different this, this year? And it's so, so people will start, start asking questions and start, you know, hopefully get some decent journalists, not, not the Daily, Daily Mail, not Martin Samuel, but people coming in and asking questions. Because actually the more we can highlight the, the misrunning of Nicassia United Football Club, then the more chance we'll have of getting rid of, rid of Mike Ashley. Why, why do you think that is, though? Because if I was going to be cynical for a second, I'd say, number one, Mike Ashley knows that we don't like him. Yeah. Number two, n- most football fans in the country know that, you know, even if we're not, you know, some fans would say we're wrong, they still know that we don't like him. So in terms of it being easier to get rid of Mike Ashley, if people, you know, ask questions about why Newcastle fans are unhappy... I can't see the link at the minute because the only way we'll get rid of Mike Ashley 
I'm not saying don't do it. But it's a national thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I don't agree with that. I don't think the rest of the country really know the, the, the full picture. I think they see a few Newcastle fans whinge on social media. They, they hear the odd chant on Match of the Day or whatever. But if there was a half-empty stadium, people okay. would go, whoa, hang on. Fair enough. And we, ha- we did have it against Spurs a few years ago, but that was fi- five years ago. Well, more than five years ago now. But I'll come back to the question then, Si. How is that linked to Mike Ashley leaving? It's about well, yeah, putting pressure on Mike Ashley. I agree. You want him to be asked uncomfortable questions. You can quite clearly see it. It bothers him, stuff like this. You can see being asked questions bothers him. Our local MPs are starting to put pressure on him about the running of the club. If there's a boycott, that just adds fuel to that. It adds a bit of kind of momentum to everyone finally starting to get to put pressure on this guy. When you say put pressure on, someone has to buy the club off him. So someone, you know, you t- what, what are, you t- are you talking about? Yeah, so maybe he'll stop with the ridiculous negotiation that he seems to have with all these potential buyers, maybe he'll stop trying to be so involved in the merchandise. Maybe he'll accept a reasonable offer for the club. At the minute, he seems quite happy to just let, let it carry on the way it is until he gets a bid that is unrealistic for the club. So maybe if enough pressure is put on him, you'll think, right, I'm, I'm kind of sick of this now. I'll just sell it for a reasonable, acceptable price. From what he says in this interview... Um, it is so much bigger than when I got involved. I thought at the time I could put in 10, 20 million pounds, it would make a big difference. And like you say, Davey, it would, I, I think him putting in 10 or 20 million would make a massive difference, particularly, you know, compared to the last someone taking 30, 35 million pounds out. It's a 50 million pound swing there. Um, put in 10 million and it's a joke. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but uh, okay, that's how the market is. So he's only talking about transfers here. He's not talking about infrastructure, which is annoying. Mm. Um, but it's not something I can afford, and it's not something Newcastle can afford while I own it. The overriding reality is I'm not just wealthy enough to own Newcastle. That's a pretty startling comment for him to make. I am just not wealthy enough to own Newcastle. Tells you a lot of what he and the club and Lee Charney think, that you need owner investment to pay for but to don't run a football Don't you think that's just him being defensive? That, that's because people are trying to shoot him down because he doesn't invest in the club. But actually, we're not... We don't... Yes, I'd love it to get a multi-billionaire who'll come and put shed loads of money into the club, so it'll be fantastic, right? Is that going to happen? I don't know. We're not asking for that from Ashley. We're just asking he doesn't take money out of the club. He allows the football manager to spend money that is the club's money. It's not his money, but it is his money because he owns the club. Well, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's about... Yeah, it's, it is the club's money. The cl- you know, the club's its own company. The, the, the money belongs to the football club. He, yeah. he, he couldn't just... I think the key point you just said there is about... Um, he just thinks of it in terms of transfers, and it's an easy, easy distraction to say, "Well, have you seen what the transfer rates are now? This is why I can't help." You know, it's, it's just, it's just simplifying everything, which is what he does every time. He just makes it, this interviews for stupid people. It's for people who yeah. see these things in really it's basic terms. D- just to pick up though on you, David, there, just because I sat in the, you know, sat in the, the fans forum last year with with Lee Charney, and I say it, I say it a lot, and people don't like hearing it as, as part of the Sports Trust now. Have to say that the football club have been pretty good with us so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really fault in terms of communication. We are hoping to have something quite major to release next month, and that in terms of our relationship with Newcastle United as a supporters trust. But in, you know, in this fans forum, it came across to me very clear that Lee Charney thinks that other Premier League clubs have all this external wealth coming into them. W- you know, how can we? How can we possibly compete? Does that include Bournemouth? Does that include Brighton? You know, yes, yeah. Bright, Brighton have had substantial investment from yeah, the but I'm not Bright- sticking up for each other, but Brighton's a really good example of what I'm talking about. So Brighton, uh, t- Tony G, what's his name? Uh, Tony he used to play poker. Um, not Tony G. <laughs> it's, it's someone, someone used to play poker, I promise you. I mean, what, Tony G? Uh, 
you, you, you give me flashbacks of being a student here in 2008 <laughs> watching Late Night Puck with Tony G does not own Brighton. Look it up, look it up. All right, anyway, irrelevant. Um, so he uh, he's put like £29 million into their state-of-the-art training facilities. They've got like 27 I think, I think, I think his total pitches. investment is over £50 million that he's yeah, put but, into but, you know, club. 20 to 30 million on the training ground is is, yeah. is a key point there. If if Ashley had done that for Benitez here, and said, look, okay, we're not going to buy that player, but here's some money to invest in the training ground. Let's start bringing through our own players. That's an intent to try and do things properly. That, that would mean make any of this interview have any credence at all. But, but also, like you're, you're talking about 50 million, obviously that's a lot of money. But in, in, in the perspective of what Nikasi United have, have spent on transfers... That's nothing. Yeah, over a 12-year period, let's Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Right. You know, so it, it, it's all very well, sort of, Charlie sitting there saying, well, actually, you know, we've, we've, got, we've got to invest massive... Ma- you reinvest what we've got. And I have to point out, I'm, not, I'm absolutely not sticking up for that point of view. I'm just putting across how yeah. they think. But the key thing is when you look at Bournemouth and Brighton, because you use those two yeah. teams' accounts every year, there aren't huge, you know... They, 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 have, they have similar revenues to us in their transfer spends still manages to be significantly bigger. Absolutely. You know, the, we, we... They have significant... They don't have the same uh, uh, match day income. You know, are, are we ninth highest in the league or something like that? So, and, and 19th highest in Europe as a result? Yeah. They're not. Those two clubs aren't. Absolutely. And they spend significantly more on transfers than, than so, us. So, so, so I'm, I'm afraid from Charlie that's disingenuous. I think, I, think, I think what they've done successfully with me, and I'm embarrassed about it, is over the first 10 years or so, they've hoodwinked us. They've, they've talked about, oh, we've spent this, we've spent that, and you know we, we've had to make good our losses and all of this. And it's absolute rubbish. He came in, he got the club for a snip, and he's actually hasn't invested anything. He's taken money out year after year after year, which means that we haven't invested. We could be on a level to Spurs. And people talk about, oh, Newcastle fans, they just want to be top six. or what? You know, well, we should be. I'm sorry. You know, because other clubs can as well. If Spurs can, then why can't we? Yeah, it's, it's more, if, if we were trying to be a top six club and finished eighth, we wouldn't mind. No. But the well, fact that we're not even trying. That's the thing I, I said. At the start of these transfer negotiations between Newcastle and Rafa, I, I kind of thought that... Rafa was going to say, right, top eight cup runs, I'll have control of transfers, and Newcastle were going to turn around and faint in like, Absolutely. Yeah. like the, 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 in the ridiculousness of the request. And like, it, the, the, the key thing about, you know, we're, talk, we're getting into money and, and we don't have the exact figures and money taken out and other owners and stuff like that. The key thing, the key thing is for me from this interview is that Mike Ashley doesn't, and he, and he says, I'm not rich enough to own Newcastle, I'm a bad owner. Both of those things I think we can all agree are true. He's still not willing to speak to someone, anyone mm. prominent in the support or any of the groups or the supporters trust or fucking anyone or, yeah. or George Colgan or Mark Douglas or anyone speak to those people about their thoughts for Newcastle United. If, if they're talking bollocks or Mike Ashley could turn around to them and say, well, here's why you're wrong, Give him fa- you know, but, but, but I don't think he can. That, that's the problem here is it's, it's one thing to say you're doing a bad job, you've done a bad job. It's another to look into the reasons why and understand why. I just don't think he cares enough. I, th- I don't think it's a capability. It is a capability issue, but it's not like he's thick because he has this multi-billion pound empire. And I know some people would argue about the, the reasons for his success. There's, there is no, there's nothing to stop him speaking to people and thinking, right, okay, I've, I've, I've made a mistake in the last 12 years. What would you have done in my position? How can I put things right? He's not interested in having those questions answered. And that's, you can, go, you can do all the interviews you want with Martin Samuels or David Craig. I was going to call Craig David there. That would be one hell of an interview. Um, David Craig, 
and these people, and you can feel hard done by, and you can feel that there was there was nothing to keep Rafa and all that kind of thing. When you surround yourself with people that tell you that you are right all the time, and when you surround yourself with sycophants, it becomes easy to think that although you did the wrong thing and have done the wrong things, it's, it was almost outside of his control. It was like, oh, I don't, I don't actually have enough money to only cast United. Football clubs, uh, who, who, who was the club recently that took out a bank loan? Norwich, I think. Perfectly natural thing to do. Taking out a bank loan, they'll pay interest on that bank loan ahead of their first Premier League TV money to sign players earlier in the summer so they're integrated, ready to beat Newcastle on the, the 17th of August, whenever it is. That's how a normal business runs itself, not just a football club. Now, you know, I think the club had to do that last year for Miguel Almiron. Um, which was good to see them do it, and I think we can all agree how important that signing was. Yes, we've got Joe Linton through the door, which is positive. Yes, we need five or six more. Even if Steve Bruce replicates what Rafa Benitez, and it's not outside the realms of possibility, yeah. considering the considerable, um, hopefully the vast resources that he has to call upon that Rafa didn't. If he replicates a 13th place finish with 45 points next season, which I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility, he could, he could do that. Um, at the minute, I think a lot of fans would say he probably won't, but he could. He could even beat it with, you know, if we spend 80 million quid in the next two weeks. You're still going to have Mike Ashley thinking like he does, and that, and until he's gone, it's never going to change. It's it's never ever going to change. And if there's another TV deal in two years' time, which goes up, probably won't. But just say puts another hundred million pound on the turner of the clubs, he's still going to play the I don't have enough money to invest card. He's still going to play the agents take too much money out. Footballers are too expensive. And this this interview, you said it was a, uh, a I don't forget the phrase, uh, a boost for the Magpie Group, or mm. uh, you know, an open goal for the Magpie Group. Do do you think it's actually you know, if people reading this, are they not just going to be like, well, you know, at least we've got some money to spend. We're going to, I'm speculating here, we might not do this, but we're going to buy four or five or two or three or one or two, as Steve Bruce says, footballers in the next few weeks. Do you think it's just going to be the status quo? Do you think there's genuinely something different about this one? Do you think that there will be less than 15,000 people in the ground for us? I'm, you know, don't the figures, you know, yeah, material, I, I, but... I, I think there'll be... Uh, I'm hoping there'll be less than 40,000 in the ground. I think if there's less than... You know, if there's around 40,000, that'll be massive. That'll be a real, real kick towards Ashley. Do you, you know? th- do you think it will be, though? Because, Sai, you're saying, you know, empty stadium sends a message... Does forty thousand send a message? Does 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 yeah. one fifth of a fan base send a message? No, I don't think it does. Um, I'm I'm really hoping it's more than that. But yeah, I'll take part. But I'm not saying that I think it's definitely going to have the impact. I hope it does. But I, I'm just at that start po- somewhere. I'm at that point where I want to I want to be part of it. Yeah, and and I think you've got to start somewhere because otherwise, I think it it is defeatist saying. Well, there's nothing we can do because actually there's an old saying which I'll probably misquote now. But it's if you if you don't change anything, nothing changes. You know, and and for the last ten years, I'll hold my hand up, and I've looked at people who boycott, and I've thought, oh, no, this is my club, and I'm, he's not going to fight fight me away. But actually, it's not my club anymore because actually, we don't compete, we don't try. And people say, oh, we've seen worse days. We've seen, you know, when Bill McGarry was manager, I remember that, and I was dire in the eighties. But actually, it wasn't people. Well, it might have been, but as far as I was concerned, they were trying. They were trying. They were just crap. You know, whereas now they're not even trying. Yeah, and that's that. That for me is the big difference. What well, What have the Magpie Group learned from previous attempts at this? Wolves last season, West Ham walk in, which 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 I did. Um, there can't have been more than two thousand of us walked into that game late. What what like what have you done internally to try and 
change the, those results? Yeah. Or is it purely a Rafa thing? Is it right. Well, so the first thing is the boycott Arsenal came out as a, I think, as a, as a, as a good reaction. First match on Sky. Let's let's get a boycott going. Okay. So and and I think actually it's taken up and you know, let's wait and see. But I'm hoping it's going to be decent. Since then, we've had a number of different meetings, and can I just say, first of all, it's just ordinary blokes. I turned up uh, last season, uh, and I, I turned up the Irish club for a couple of meetings, and it's a very broad group, um, but what's happened since Rafa's gone is the numbers have increased, and there's a real drive now to actually become strategic and to look at it and, and, and to act. I think before that, we were uh, a group of like-minded folk just, just firing out all all over the place, let's do this, let's do that, without any real background. The background work's now being done, so um, in the next couple of weeks, we're sitting down, we've now got a number of different subgroups, looking at getting membership, trying to get some finances uh, going, so try and get some contributions in, so we can pay for things, um, looking at communications, how we do that, we've got a strategist on board, and as I say, the, the, the group's just a bunch of ordinary lads. There's teachers, there's an accountant, there's a lawyer, there's people from all different walks of life, you know? Uh, and, and I think the, the, the big difference now is it's looking at a strategy. I think the biggest question for me, as someone who actively wants to be, be part of it as well, is how are you going to communicate with the 40,000-plus people who aren't on Twitter, who yeah. don't even know what the Magpie group is? How do you convince those people not to go to the game? Because yeah. unless you do... It's just going to be the same again. Well, the last meeting, uh, one, of, one of the guys who came along, uh, I think for the first or the second time, was a strategist. That's his job. And he was saying, actually, you can do that. You do it through leaflets. You do it through newspapers. You do it through billboards. You do it through the backs of buses. You know, So it's about looking at that strategy. But actually, until you get a working group with a working strategy in place, actually, you're not going to move forward. So you know, we've got Boycott Arsenal. That's the focus. And then beyond that, the focus is actually out. Let's get rid of Ashley, and we'll need need to do it in a in a structured and systematic way. And is there, you know, again, I'm only going off social media here, but has there been a bit of a consensus amongst? Has it to use use the name fan groups because it's often it's just a couple of people, but with influence through their social media followings, um, is there been a kind of cross? group consensus yeah. towards this? Do you want to just t- tell people a little bit about that? Yeah, so the, the boycott, uh, boycott Arsenal now is taking on board, and I'll, I'll forget all the names, so I apologise to anybody I do forget, but if Rafa goes, we go, the Magpie uh, Magpie channel, uh, Ashley Out, these are all sort of like splinter groups of, of, of people who want to do their own thing, but they've actually they've all come together, and they're all talking as one now, not, not under the Magpie group un- umbrella, we're one of them, Okay, but we're trying to coordinate what we do together. Yeah. And Sai, uh, obviously listeners know you. I've been listening to you for many years. You've uh, you've given up your season ticket, is that correct? Yeah. Um, it was a very, very gut reaction to the Benitez, uh, the day Benitez news came out. Um, I just cancelled my direct debit immediately, thinking that, A, I was hoping that the club would get hundreds of direct debit cancellations because it would be a right pain in the arse for them. Um, it just... That was it for me. It didn't really matter who came next. Steve Bruce hasn't been a surprise. I mean, it's it's quite insulting that he's being put in and we're being told to give him a chance and we're being told, but he's a local lad. It doesn't matter. Benitez wasn't a local lad. Kevin Keegan's not from Newcastle. It doesn't matter if the manager's from Newcastle at all. It's irrelevant. Um, if they're good at their job, we'll, we'll appreciate them and we'll get behind them. If they're shit at their job, like Steve Bruce has been for 20 years, 
it's it's pointless. So going from Benitez to Steve Bruce for me is is it what's what's the point of being a season ticket holder? Um, when you over the years having a season ticket or talking about having a season ticket to people. So the, the first question you'd ask, oh, you got a season ticket? Where's your seat? Now it's oh, you've got a season ticket? Why? Mm-hmm. Why on earth have you got a season ticket? There's no like. There's, there's going to be 15,000 or so unsold this season. It's not like you're never going to be able to go at the game. I'll go at the Newcastle match probably as often as I as I always have, but I wouldn't have a season ticket, and I'll, I'll go when friends offer me tickets, or I'll just I'll be able to make a decision on, on the Saturday and not feel committed to, if I, if I don't feel like supporting that team that, that gets put together for Arsenal. I won't, because it's 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 crossed the line for me, and something had to change, and, and, and where I, I've never really thought that boycotts were going to be a thing, not to say I'd, I'm not going to be part of it, I thought that the season ticket cancellations might ramp up with this one, so I thought if there's ever a time, this was it. Last question for you, Davey. If this doesn't work, is is that won't be it, will it? You, you will presumably go back, heads together, yeah. and come back because you know we had it last season, and here you are still. Yeah. Um, so you know if it doesn't work, if if there are if there's a crowd of forty six thousand, I don't know what your what your kind of goals are. Um, you know, away from boycotts and match attendance, is there anything else going on? You know, do you want to tell listeners about how they can help? Well, um, what's in in the process of being developed is a, a new website, um, and there's going to be information on that. If you want to get involved, you can follow the Magpie Group on on Twitter and sort of information like that. Um, it's not going to go away. Uh, what has Keith Bishop said? Going to blow, blow over. over yeah. Well, it's definitely not going to blow over. There's a, there's, you know, th- the fact that the NUST numbers went up by, was it seven and a half thousand, on uh, since Rafa's gone, tells you m- a massive amount. So, uh, am I clear about how it'll all happen now? But what, what I am clear about is there's a group of fans working with the Magpie Group who are going to put strategies in place to ensure that we'll get rid of Mike actually at some point. Brilliant. I think that covers everything for today. Thanks so much for listening or watching on the True Faith YouTube channel. Uh, myself, Alex, and Sally back with more podcasts ahead of a exciting season ahead. <laughs> Can't say it with a straight face. Um, and uh, thanks very much to you, Davey, and, and the Magpie Group for, for signing your forwards because the, the Magpie Group couldn't have been more, um, you know, willing to you know use this platform to get the message across and speak to supporters and you know, like Davey says, get in touch with them. Twitter, through the website, all that kind of stuff. If you've got questions, I want to know how you can personally get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you with another free podcast very soon. Of course, you can catch, um, you know, five to six extra podcasts a week that we do on our Patreon platform for about £7 a month. Uh, Got loads planned for the new season, as always. Uh, And that'll be us for today. Thank you. Goodbye. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. 
But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.